everyone, welcome back. My name is Lynn Wilson and welcome to Hope for Today. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and anything else that you choose to call it. I know it's all about Christmas and it's about my Savior. So we're going to be talking about a few things that maybe would be enlightening to you, maybe a little bit challenging, maybe a little bit encouraging. Let's see where it takes us for this holiday season. How does that sound? So I want you to grab your coffee, get some hot chocolate, maybe get a cozy blanket, sit back and enjoy and see what God has in store for you to learn today. So twas the night before Christmas. Ooh, let me read something else to you. For to us, a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. So in 2020, I learned a lot about getting back to the basics. Life was a little different. I don't know about for you, but me um, in particular, just some of the things that we were going through as a family and changes we needed to make, things um, as simple as the way I learned, uh, the way I cooked. It wasn't as convenient to go out to a restaurant. Some of the restaurants weren't open. Some of them were only doing takeout. Um, you couldn't sit in a dining room, in a restaurant, in their dining room for a while. So things changed and I had to get back to the basics of doing some old fashioned everyday cooking three meals a day, and also things were not readily available, so I had to rethink how to stretch the dollar, stretch what I had, use alternatives, and so on. My family time changed. We found ourselves sitting together more, whether it was over a game, maybe watching a movie together, maybe having some chit-chat together, reading a book together, but we found that we had more time. There was more restrictions um, you know, in our area that we just could not get out and about as much. Our church services changed and so on. The last thing I could say I honestly learned about going back to the basics is what matters to me. You know, it's amazing when the distractions are taken away or things are taken away, um, even if it's for a temporary time, it, it gives you that time to think. It allows you to have some time to sort of reminisce and think through your schedule. Like we were quite busy and I had to think through like, well, what we were doing, was it really that important? This year, I wanted to get back to the basics of Christmas. I wanted to really understand and um, kind of think through why we do what we do. And if you know me, I love Christmas 365 days a year. I love Christmas music in any shape or form. I love just the holiday spirit that comes with Christmas. And I get made fun of a lot because of that. And you know what? That's your problem. That's not my problem. I know what I like and I'm sticking to it. And I've been doing a devotion and studying the traditions of Christmas and some of the things that it represents only confirmed in my mind more that Christmas should be 365 days a year. So we're going to break down the holidays over the next few weeks. We're going to learn about traditions and we're going to learn why and what we do. So traditions that we follow 
are usually things that have been ingrained in us. You know, our, our parents did this in a traditional way, or traditionally we did it that way. That's kind of how we get our traditions. We don't always know why what we do, or you know, how we do it. We know, okay, well, we, we put the tree up this way, but we don't do it this way, but why don't we do it that way? I don't know, it's always been tradition. I remembered hearing a, a preacher one time talk about how a granddaughter was making the roast chicken, I think, for a meal, and she cut off the drumsticks and she threw them out. And she put the chicken in the pan and she cooked it, and somebody questioned her, why do you cut them off and toss them? Or I don't know whether she stuck them in the fridge or she tossed them, but she got rid of the, the drumsticks. She says, I don't know, it's tradition, that's how my mother taught me. So they had to go back and ask the mother, how come you cut off the drumsticks when you make your roast chicken? I don't know. It's tradition. That's the way we always did it. That's the way my mother did it. Well, the grandmother was still living, so they asked the grandmother, why did you cut off the drumsticks when you make your roast chicken? It's simple. She said, my chicken wouldn't fit in the pan I had. So here's a tradition that was started for a reason that suited her purpose, but not necessarily down the line, but nobody ever questioned why do we do it that way? Or how come it's done that way? Or to learn and explore, like, that's a little different. Why are we doing it that way? So this weekend, we decided to put up our tree and to hang a wreath on the door and start to get the holidays in gear. So the devotion today is called Putting Up the Tree. How many of you have put your tree up yet? I know there are a group of Christians that will not put up a tree. They feel it is sacrilegious. They feel that there's something wrong about it. There's something pagan about it. I'm not here to debate with you. If you feel that that's what God's told you, then you do what God is leading you to do. But I have always put up our tree. I grew up with a tree. We did not worship the tree. We just enjoyed the tree for the beauty of the tree and the ornaments and the lights, as you can see on my little tree here. Got our fireplace going. Got it nice and cozy in the Hope for Today office. But I wanted to learn a little bit more about why do we put up a Christmas tree? I don't know. I just, it was tradition. Christmas came around, you put up a tree. Um, I never really understood what it symbolized. So I had done a little bit of studying on this. So they use an evergreen tree because it stays green through every season. It always stays green. That symbolizes the promise of eternal life, the promise of hope, the promise of new life, and that it is a gift to us. I thought that was really neat. And there's another tradition about the Christmas tree, which I have never heard. And I've been doing, like I said, this devotion on Christmas traditions. And one of the things that I found that the cutting down of the tree. Now, some people like my sister goes to a Christmas tree farm and they cut down their own tree. Maybe you buy one on the corner lot and you buy a fresh tree that's already been cut down. Maybe you use an artificial tree. Whatever you do, even if it's not you physically cutting it down, you know that somebody had to cut down that tree. And that symbolizes the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And putting up the tree symbolizes his resurrection. 
it made my tree look very different. I had a whole new perspective on that tree. I had a whole new respect for that tree. Putting up the tree for many of us signifies the Christmas season has begun. We can start singing Christmas carols and having hot chocolate and cookies. We might start buying our presents and um, you know, hanging different lights and all the rest of those things that go along with Christmas, the traditional things that you would do. Once the tree goes up, it seems to signify like, okay, it's now time to begin. Many of us also put a nativity scene under the Christmas tree. And, you know, we want to keep Christ in Christmas. And um, it's interesting that we'll put a nativity scene under the tree, but yet we leave him out of it. We leave him out of the season, even though that is near the tree or under the tree. Maybe it's on a table in your home. So I wanted to look up even the nativity scene. Like, what? how did that start? Like, you know. So what I found out is St. Francis started this over 700 years ago because his townspeople were becoming so materialistic. Oof. 700 years ago, they were becoming materialistic. Some things haven't changed, have they? So he wanted to have a nativity scene for them to realize, to actually visualize. He figured if he did a live nativity scene, and it says he did it with real people and real animals, that his townspeople could see this is what it's all about. This was the birth of Christ. So if they could visually see the nativity scene, it would drill into their head that we are to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and that this is a special time of the year and it's not about the material things. That was over 700 years ago. Those people were struggling with those things. Last night when I was preparing this devotion, um, I was listening to a devotion, somewhat of a podcast, I guess you'd say, and I was doing some reading of scripture and kind of praying in between. It was sort of a, a modge podge of an evening. And it was just, now I'm not a very charismatic, not a very uh, Pentecostal type personality, but I honestly can say I had a moment. I, I had a moment with the Lord. And I said to my husband, I went up after and when I got done praying and, and got done doing the devotion and I said to my husband, it was quite interesting because I, I'm not a note taker. Notes to me are very distracting. I need to just listen and focus and, and absorb. When I take notes sometimes during the event, I might write down notes after the fact, but during the event, I don't like to do it. For me, it's distracting. But I was taking notes during listening to this devotion and podcast that I was doing and writing. I ended up with four pages of notes, and that is totally not me. But I was writing these notes and I was thinking in my head how I wanted to present this devotion to you. And you know, you're mulling things over and you're just going through it. And all of a sudden I felt like as if I'm talking to you, the Lord is right here. And I said to my husband, if I could have reached out and touched him, that's how much I could sense the presence of the Lord right in front of me. And I could hear him say, you're talking about me. You're talking about me. And I kind of looked over like as if I was really looking at the Lord. And I said, Lord, you're absolutely right. And I just started praying. I said, Lord, what is it you want me to tell these people? What is it? What is it the season you need to get across to myself and to everyone else that's listening? And he said, just remind them it's about me. And, you know, how many times have we 
maybe been in a room, you know, maybe it's your kids or your husband standing near you and you start talking to someone and you're saying, yeah, oh, my husband this or my kids that, and they're standing right there. And you're talking as if they're not even in the room. And I really had to have a moment with myself to make sure that the words that I share with you, the thoughts that I share with you, the scripture, not so much the scripture that I share, but how I share it, is correct and that it's led by the Lord because you're listening to my words and I don't want to misquote what the Lord wants us to hear for this holiday season. The same way that I felt his presence right then in my own home in front of my living room couch, it just reminded me that, you know, he's with me all the time. And I take that for granted or I don't know if I take it for granted, but I just don't maybe think about it. And this holiday season, I really want to stress that we start thinking about that. You know, every step that we take, for those of us that have accepted the Lord in our life, the Holy Spirit, and I know it gets a little kind of confusing sometimes, three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is all one. And the Holy Spirit is living inside of me, which means He's always with me. But then the presence of God is around me as well, because God is everything. God is in everything. God is always around. And just thinking like even as I prepared that devotion to share with you, God was present in that room. As I read scripture, I was reading his words. And like it just was sort of like this moment of an epiphany in my head of how tangible, like as if I can hold this mug I felt how tangible the Lord's presence was. He was in that room with me. He's in my life. I, I could almost, I did not audibly hear his voice, but I felt like in a sense, his presence was so compelling to me that moment. And I said to my husband, you know what the, the feeling that I felt? It wasn't fear. It was complete peace. Peace. I felt a moment of contentment. And I felt overwhelmingly peaceful. And I thought, you know, when you go back to that verse in Isaiah, it says the Prince of Peace. You know, when you look back at the time that the Lord was born with the Romans and the government and all the things that were going on back in that day, they were saying, what in the world's going on? The government's this and the people are doing that and yada, 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 go back and read or even study in history during that time period. It wasn't an easy time. And the Lord came during that rough time to bring peace on earth. You know, we sing that in the song, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Our Christmas songs almost have become a joke in the way of people say, oh, you're not listening to Christmas music already, are you? Our Christmas songs that we sing are worshipful. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. We sort of sing them as if they're a child song or something that is only sung. You know, I went to a church for years and years and years, and they would never sing Christmas songs until the Sunday before Christmas. Like, it, it, it just, you can't do it any more than that. It, it's not necessary. It's not needed. I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe it was just tradition. Why can't we sing them year-round? If it wasn't for that baby born, there would never have been a crucifixion. That baby had to be born 
So there could be a crucifixion. This season, they say, the reason for the season, yes, is the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no problem with giving gifts. Listen, if you want to get me a gift, you go right ahead. You want to send me a present? I love getting presents. I also love giving them to people. I love giving gifts year-round just because. I like putting a smile on someone's face. I love having a Christmas tree. I love Christmas lights. We drive all over and we go check out the lights and we have a great time and drink hot chocolate and sing Christmas carols. And we love having family and friends over for the holidays and cookie swaps and all the rest. I love every part of it. But I need to remember it is about him. Completely about him. You know, as we start to plan things, we plan Christmas parties. We plan festivities and activities and, you know, wrapping the gifts and doing the cookies and doing all the Christmas things. It would be the same thing as if, you know, it's my husband's birthday coming up. And I planned the party and I sent out the invitation list to all his friends. And I've gotten gifts and I've ordered the food and the supplies and hung some streamers and did all the things. I did all the things to make it a wonderful birthday party for him. Oh no, I forgot one thing. I forgot to invite my husband and it's his party. Do we ever do that? No, we don't normally do that. But when it comes to Christmas, we put up the tree and we hang the stockings and we hang the lights in a wreath. We sing the Christmas carols and we plan Christmas parties and we get together with friends and family and we do all these great fun festivities. Nothing wrong with it. But we forget to invite the person whose birthday it is and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We almost again make light of it as if it's a child's story that Oh, it's Jesus' birthday, and we sing happy birthday to Jesus. It is his birthday. Now, you can argue all you want that it's not that exact day and so on and so forth. Listen, I'm not here to argue whether it is the 25th of December or it's another day. The point is we remember him. We have set aside a day to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. The next time that you put up your Christmas tree... If you haven't done it, or even if you did do it, I want you to take some time to think about the fact that that tree cut down represented his death. And when that tree is put up, it represents his resurrection. And when you set up your nativity scene, whether it's under the tree or on the table or on top of your fireplace, I want you to remember it is all about him. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And our Christmas trees can be set up and looked at. And we're not worshiping the Christmas tree, but we are looking symbolically at that tree and remembering it was cut down and it was put back up. Just like the Lord was crucified on that cross and then he arose once again to be our Savior and he wants to bring peace on earth to both you and me this holiday season. I trust that the holidays are starting and that you are going to take some time to realize it is all about him. He is the reason for the season. Thanks for coming over. Come back next week when we're going to be talking a little bit more about another tradition to do with Christmas.